Welcome to Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Harry Rosenblum. My show on the network is called Feast Your Ears. And today we're broadcasting live from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We want to thank the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage possible and Charleston Wine and Food Festival for having HRN down here for the fifth year in a row. So I am very pleased to get to sit down today with John Coleman uh, from Parcel 32. Thanks, John. Hello, nice to meet you. So uh, your commute here today to Marion Square was probably the shortest of anybody. It was about two blocks. Yeah. Uh, about two blocks, <laughs> quick walk. <laughs> Walked past your restaurant uh, a few times since I since coming to town. Um, tell me a little bit about Parcel 32. You took over the kitchen there last year, right? Uh, I did. I officially took over the kitchen there at the beginning of December. So uh, a lot going on. Got, got a new staff, got some new food coming out here in the next month or so. So we're really excited. Um, beautiful restaurant. Sure, if you walk by, you saw it is. It's a it's a gorgeous restaurant, so we're excited to kind of take hold of it and uh, do our thing there. So now, are you making changes to the menu since taking over as the chef, or do you guys run seasonal changes? How does it work? Uh, it's a little bit of both. We try to work with the seasons. Obviously, down here we have access to tons of produce and yeah. tons of different products and purveyors. So try to work within the seasons with what's available, what we can get our hands on. Um, that's usually dependent on the weather. So some days it's 70, some days it'll drive to 30, and that affects sure. our cover our cover crops and whatnot. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, coming down here from the northeast where, like, even though it hasn't been a particularly cold and snowy winter, it's still dreary in winter. And yeah. coming down here where, like, now there are the first signs of <laughs> spring, the trees have oh, yeah. buds on them. Uh, I was over, I visited Fresh Future Farm uh, in North Charleston yesterday. And I mean, they've got beautiful collards oh, yeah. growing now. And so, I mean, you guys have access to a lot of stuff. A- absolutely. There. We have access to tons of stuff. We try to work with a lot of local farms, Spade and Clover, Rooting Down Farms, a bunch of different uh, farms. So whatever they have available, whatever they're growing, we try to deal with it and uh, do what we can with it. We try to use it in whatever way possible. What's your favorite spring ingredient? Spring ingredient? Uh, well, we start getting into tomatoes and peaches and uh, peppers and all that stuff. Right now, we're kind of working our way out of root vegetable season, so um, we're using a lot of those right now. Um, had a couple of cold snaps in the last few weeks, so that's kind of bumped everything back a little bit. Sure. Uh, um, but yeah, we're looking forward to spring. Beautiful produce. So Awesome. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about you like yeah. where how did you where did you grow up and how did you get into uh, how did you become a chef I grew up in the small town of Clemson South Carolina uh, my family worked at the university uh, and my one of my best friends growing up's families had a couple of restaurants so when we were eight nine years old we were in there peeling potatoes doing all the grunt work cheap Pro- labor oh yeah very cheap labor and we were probably getting I don't I don't know we were getting paid we were probably getting paid by the day so <laughs> Um, I don't know the child labor laws there, but I'm yeah. sure we were uh, <laughs> breaking a few of them. Uh, and then you studied graphic design. I right? did. I did. So I went to Clemson briefly, uh, transferred down to Charleston, uh, graduated with a degree in graphic communications, um, but kind of cooked my way through college. So that was kind of my means of income and survival. So um, one thing led to another, and then it kind of just became my permanent profession. Um, okay. It seemed a lot more interesting than sitting behind a computer. Um, I had a short attention span with that, so um, I like being hands-on and kind of working little science experiments in the kitchen. So, uh, do you find that your uh, graphic design experience plays into the way you compose your dishes? Absolutely. Um, I think there's a level of meticulousness in graphic design, so I think that definitely helps uh, in the kitchen. Just like attention to the small details. Um, but it, there's definitely a lot of crossover. I mean, even getting into like menu formatting, 
you know, signage, uh, plating. I think it's all kind of a visual art form. So, yeah, absolutely, it crosses over. Awesome. And uh, what kind of food did you guys have in the house growing up? Uh, <laughs> a lot of casseroles. Yeah? A lot of casseroles. I was a child of the South, so uh, working parents came home a lot to casseroles, a lot of rice and peas and spam. Yeah. I don't know how many people out there remember spam. I don't. I guess it's still a thing. Um, eating a lot of that as a child, so not the... Uh, not the best cuisine. They tried hard, though. My mom tried hard to make good food, so she always uh, let me be involved in the process. And what did, what did she think when you became a chef? Uh, she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> she, was, what are you, she was like, what are you doing? Um, no, they love it. They come in all the time. They see us. Um, we actually use her sometimes. She break, bakes bread for us um, right now on our brunch menu. Um, but I think they like it. They, they see that I enjoy it, and I think that's, you know, they're main thoughts behind it is as long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, they're supportive of it. So um, I'm sure they would love me to uh, have been an architect or a doctor or something. But <laughs> I mean, being, being a chef at a restaurant, a beautiful restaurant in downtown Charleston seems to be pretty good. I mean, it, like, it's a good it life. It seems like life down here when it's not pouring rain is pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, it is. It's very nice. I mean, it's pretty small town considering how many restaurants are down here. So um, yeah, I mean, we're like we said earlier, we're two blocks away, so I get to walk right up the street and come to this wonderful festival. Yeah, awesome. Uh, are you doing any events with the festival? We are. We did our signature dinner uh, last night with Sarah Bradley, who I believe y'all had on yep. uh, about an hour ago. Yep. She's from Freight House in Paducah, Kentucky. Um, it was last night. It was a super amazing dinner. She was great to work with, super laid back, awesome chef. Um, and then, obviously, we're doing this, and then on yep. Saturday, we're over at the Night Bazaar uh, cool. at Holy City Brewing. So. Awesome. And do you, um, like, when you are creating your menu, how much of this stuff is focused on local South Carolina foods? Uh, I mean, we try to start with whatever we have access to. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the base of the dish. I mean, we can, you know, slap proteins and seafood on a lot of stuff. I mean, we have access to that here as well. But, I mean, I think our main focus is what vegetables are available, um, what grains are available. And we kind of use that as the base for where we're going. Um but yeah, I mean, whatever's in season, our farmers will email us or send us a hot sheet and we'll take a look at it and kind of build on that. And you mentioned science experiments in the kitchen. What kind of stuff are you working on? Uh, just playing with different techniques. I mean, cooking is a science, you know, temperatures sure. and acidity and, you know, all the other factors that go into cooking. Um, but, you know, we like to tinker around. I like our staff to be pretty creative. So if they have something they want to work on or a technique they're not familiar with, we try to encourage them to... Um, you know, follow it through and, you know, learn lessons. Some are going to be failures, some are going to be successes. Um, so we enjoy doing that, yeah. Do you ever get to spend any time outside the kitchen? What do you like to do? Uh, oh, man, uh, not too much time. Uh, <laughs> got to the beach, try to travel. I'm actually going out to Los Angeles next week to visit a couple friends, eat at some restaurants out there. So um, it'll be nice to get out there. But uh, I like to travel, I like to get up to the mountains, uh, have a wild little puppy that I like to take out to the beach. Um, but yeah, for the most part, just just enjoy Charleston and what we have uh, surrounding us, whether it's the beach or rivers, going out on boats, etc. Yeah, it must be hard having a dog on the restaurant schedule. It is. It is. My uh, my girlfriend uh, helps keep me in check on that, though, and I have a good <laughs> roommate that'll uh, go check on him. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, is there anything that you think people should be cooking with more at home? Anything that like you're using in the restaurant, or you see chefs using that you like think, well, people really should be cooking at home with this that you don't think they are. Uh, I, it's hard to say because I don't really cook at home much, but <laughs> um, I, I think people have gotten better over the years, like being a little more interesting with their cooking and using stuff maybe they were unfamiliar with or uncomfortable with. Um, 
You know, my girlfriend, for instance, she'll like bring something to the table. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you knew what that was. <laughs> and you know, she'll I'll help her execute it for dinner, and she'll meal prep and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. I think I think people could you know easier things like making pasta or um, you know a lot of people can pickle at home. Uh, I think people are a lot of times scared of cooking large proteins at home. Sure. Um, and and butchering and that that stuff. But um, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question. I, I very rarely cook at home. Where do you like to eat around here? Uh, I like a bunch of places. Uh, I used to work at Edmonds, so I love going there. Um, I was at Chubby Fish. My good childhood friend James is the owner over there. So I love to go see those guys. Uh, whenever I have some money in my pocket, I'll go down to McCready's and sure check out their tasting menu. Um, but yeah, I'll, there's so many places at this point in time, it's, it's hard to pick one. And what should people be on the lookout for coming up on your menu? Like, what kind of things are coming on the menu soon? Uh, just more, f like, we're really trying to emphasize fresh produce. Um, I think a lot of times it kind of gets overlooked in a lot of restaurants, and we want that to be, like, the solid focus of what we're doing. Um, and while doing that, we also want to make sure we're being sustainable and using our local farms. Um, so really bright spring, early summer dishes. Um, it's hot, it gets hot down here, so we need uh, right refreshing food that's not too heavy so light and bright i guess awesome yeah. well thank you it's been a real pleasure to Absolutely. sit down and chat sure. uh and uh find out more about you and parcel 32 thank you so much thanks for listening heritage radio network on tour i'm harry rosenblum thanks again to the julia child foundation for making our coverage possible stay tuned for more from charleston wine and food this program is powered by simplecast